This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Wow, we're diving right in. Like, we, usually we, we hop on, we shoot the shit for a little while, we catch up, like we're friends, but today, no, it's all business. Well, last night we got all of our friendship, uh, you know, we exercised all our friendship by texting <laughs> back and forth about persimmons. That's true, we exercised, wait, is that an E-X-O-R or an E-X-E-R uh, exercised? Uh, oh, it's with the O. Okay, so we exercised our friendship. There's now no friendship left within us. <laughs> it's been banished back to the hell dimension for which it came. Anyway, but no, uh, h- how are you? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas Eve when this airs, Matthew. <laughs> One thing I love about podcasting is that yeah, it allows yeah. us to time travel. Yeah, I'm on board with this bit so, wherever it's going. So we are recording. We've recorded this in mid-December, but when our listeners listen to it, it's going to be Christmas Eve at the very early. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, Matthew, what are you doing today, Christmas Eve? I am. I have a, a mug of glog or <laughs> mulled wine Wassail. or a hot toddy. Drink ale. Oh, a drink ale? Isn't that the old thing? Wassail. Drink a ale. A wassail. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm wassailing. Okay. Um, I'm sitting under the tree. I'm wrapped up in uh, in a festive paper and a, and I've got a bow <laughs> somewhere. Okay. How about you? Uh, let's see. And I'm, here. I'm all alone. And you're all <laughs> Merry Christmas. So, well, our tree by this point is is kind of crispy, even though I've been keeping it well watered. Okay. And yep. uh, but it still smells really nice. I'm feeling festive today. My whole family's tired of me listening to the John Fahey Christmas albums. Okay. And we're going to have dinner tonight. <laughs> that sounds great. What do, you, what do you having for Christmas Eve dinner? We're going to um, be having tamales. Well, so what I really like is it used to be that when I was a kid, we would, whenever we were visiting my mother's twin sister for the Christmas holidays, we would have Dungeness Crab for Christmas Eve dinner. Wow, Dungeness Crab comes up on the show a lot. It does. You know, as a kid growing up in Oklahoma, I really didn't know anything about Dungeness Crab except that my family tended to eat it when we were in in the Bay Area, which Mm -hmm. is where my, my aunt lived. 
at Christmas time. Of course, now that I live in Seattle, I understand that it's much more a Pacific Northwest thing. But yeah, I really like having Dungeness Crab on Christmas Eve, also because you don't have to cook anything. Oh yeah, no, it sounds very festive. But uh, tonight, actually, I, I know this is very confusing, but I, I'm staying in Christmas Eve here, Matthew. Right, tonight, right. No, I understand. Tonight, I believe that my ex-husband is actually cooking, and we're all doing dinner together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it should be great. I hope you have a lovely time. And then climb in your stocking and put on your kerchief and uh, um, and, and all all and wait for and wait for someone to come down the chimney, preferably yes. Santa. Okay, are you going to be stuffing any stockings tonight, metaphorically uh, speaking? You bet I'm going to be stuffing <laughs> stockings tonight. That's my that's my main responsibility when it comes to the Christmas season. Do you leave out any cookies for Jolly Saint Nick? It's a good idea. Like I always say, like there's a real like Pascal's wager with Santa, like better safe than sorry. Like because if you if Santa is real and you don't leave cookies, you are fucked. Yeah, it's like, true. You don't even get coal. You just get nothing. Right. I think that's what that movie Bad Santa is about. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll be leaving out cookies this year. Although, as I mentioned on Holiday Cookies 2, I haven't really done Christmas baking so uh, I don't know which cookies were maybe some double stuff Oreos. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, no, Santa loves that. Santa's motto is there's no such thing as too much stuff. And that <laughs> applies to toys and cream filling. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, so uh, it, it is fitting that today on Christmas Eve, I'm, I'm, I, do you see how thoroughly I'm doing this? Yeah. It is fitting that today on Christmas Eve, we are talking about cider, Matthew. Oh, great. We're going to, that's, it's a good time to announce the topic five yes. minutes into the episode. Today, I, I forgot we hadn't done that yet. Today we're talking about cider. But mm-hmm. before we talk about cider, there's a couple oh, other things we need to talk about. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Sorry, listeners. Okay. So first of all, it is not too late to sign up for your writing workshop. Is that correct? Are you, are you reminding me? I'm reminding you and the people, but I'd like you to give the details because I don't know them. Sure. So I started in 2020 doing a lot of teaching online. I used to pretty much only teach writing in person, and now I only teach it online, and I love it. So in 2021, I have decided to start offering more workshops that are sort of uh, in bite-sized amounts uh, Mm -hmm. rather than like a three-week-long workshop or something. So my first one is going to be January 24th. It's called From Memory to Story. It is about the the particular process that I use to access memories and write vividly from within memories. Yeah, you can sign up for it on my website, which is mollyweisenberg.com. You'll see there's a tab for teaching. It's going to be a webinar on Zoom. Uh, We're going to do some writing during the webinar, two hours on January 24th. So yeah, go to mollyweisenberg.com. Check it out. Uh, Yes, people get to go inside your mind palace, wouldn't you say? Well... Gonna- and their own mind palaces, but but like first first they get to see what's in yours, and that helps people unlock their own mind palace. Well, this is this is what the saying. I'll this is show why you hired you me yours. to write copy for your class. This is where the saying "I'll show you yours if you show me mine." <laughs> that is how the saying goes. Yes, it's I'll sh- I'll show you yours if you show me mine. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I'll show me. No, that's what you meant. It's it's now it's now on tape for posterity. Oh, 
I am really coherent, and you definitely want to take a writing workshop from me. So go to no. Molly this is Weisenberg. why you've been so successful in love because you have the best pickup lines. What do yeah. you say? Come back to my place. I'll show you yours. And wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> I might have to draw a diagram. <laughs> My spouses really they love my my <laughs> sexy wordplay. I'll show you yours, but you may need to like contort your head around. <laughs> you may need to get a mirror. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, okay. So uh, sign up uh, MollyWeisenberg.com. Sign up for uh, for Molly's workshop. It's very reasonably priced. It's going to be amazing. I also have some important news. What's uh, that? As you know, a couple months ago, uh, we did a Negroni episode, right? Okay, okay. And you mentioned uh, that your mother's uh, winter cocktail, your mother, Tony, who we, we started calling Tony Negroni because her, her winter drink of choice is a Negroni. That's and right. I asked you, what is your mother's summer drink of choice? And you said, oh, well, I'm having dinner with her tonight or tomorrow. I'll ask her. Oh, but you did not. I did not. And so sometimes, Molly, in life, you have to take matters into your own hands. You have to, like, create your own oh, no. uh, reality. Did you text my mother? Yeah, I texted your mom. You um, did? <laughs> yes. This is uh, weird. I texted your mom and I said, uh, what is what is your summer cocktail? I, I, gave, a, I gave the backstory. Okay. When and, did you uh, do this? Uh, like two days ago. So then I had to like sit on it for two days and hope that she didn't tell you and spoil and spoil the bit. Wow. Um, and yeah. also not tell you myself because I was I was champing at this bit. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I I spent Saturday afternoon with her, had dinner with her Saturday night. Today's oh, Monday terrific. Morning. She didn't say a word. Oh, Tony Negroni, thank you for not spilling <laughs> the beans. And so now I can answer the question that like, I mean, the entire world has been on their edge on the edge of their seats ever since we did that episode, wondering what Tony Negroni's summer drink of choice is. Are you ready for the ready. answer? Yeah. Crackling cold Sauve Blanc or Rosé. And I love the phrase crackling cold. Did she say that? God, that doesn't sound like her. Yes, I have. Did you text the wrong <laughs> That's person? That's what she said. Actually, she I mean, said she said Sauve, Sauve Blanc crackling cold. Oh, it, it is possible I, I texted a different person with the same name. <laughs> Um, or that I, you know, I got like some contacts reversed. No, this this fits. It's, this it's fits. possible she, that it's possible that I texted Carrie from Sex in the City. She does love Sauvignon Blanc, and she does love rosé, and and I, I'm I'm loving her use of adjectives. You know, she she's taken a workshop with me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She she made the memory uh, of of last summer's wa very cold wine into. Uh, what, she unlocked the memory palace. What was I? I, sh I sh she showed me hers. <laughs> she, that's right. That's right. She showed you. She no, showed you her no, her no, memory no, no, and no. turned it into a story. Oh. And you turned it into a story. Oh my god, this is exhausting. By the way, Matthew, I just looked up the exact web page people should go to. It's mollyweisenberg.com slash upcoming. Okay. But, but if they go to Molly, Molly, if they go to MollyWurzenberg.com, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, they, they'll find it. Anyway, thanks, Matthew, for for uh, supporting my work. That means a lot. You mean by by texting your mom or no, oh, just, by, oh. by talking it up here. <laughs> right, right, right. OK. I mean, um, I, I thank you also, I think, for texting my mom. It's, you're welcome. It's really cute. I'm sure it made her happy. I think so. Um, I We don't know yet what her spring spring and autumn <laughs> drinks of choice are, so stay tuned for that, I guess. Okay. Okay, great. So let's okay. talk about one of my winter drinks of choice, cider. Oh, great. Wow. Nice segue there. Okay, Matthew, take me down your memory lane. Okay, memory lane. 
Well, I mean, do we have to distinguish between cider and apple juice? Because we're going to be talking about both alcoholic and non-alcoholic cider mm, on this episode. I think we cannot talk about, like, commercial apple juice. Okay. So I definitely remember, not very specifically where this would have happened, but that, like, at some points when I was a kid, we would have apple cider, and it was something special. It would come in, like, like a milk jug, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, rather rather than a clear plastic bottle. It would be more more like a thin plastic milk jug and it would be kind of dark and unfiltered and cloudy and this was like a special apple juice yes yes i don't know where maybe maybe at like a holiday party or something hmm yeah that's really pretty much what i remember i don't remember much about cider from being a kid yeah it was it was not a not a big thing in the culture of oklahoma let's put it that way okay And it wasn't a big thing for either of my parents. But, you know, then I married for a decade into a family of people who were really into cider. So um, Brandon's family is based, uh, they're all on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And Brandon's grandfather, I think, went to school in Vermont. With with Johnny Appleseed? With Johnny Appleseed. And there's a school up there that has like a whole big cider festival. So anyway, Brandon- Oh, that sounds great. Right? Brandon grew up attending, with well, with cider being a real like fall tradition and like cider donuts and- It was like a special thing that he would look forward to. So uh, Brandon is still really into cider. And actually, in the past couple of years, he has, well, first he rented a cider press. You you can rent small, like hand crank cider presses. Okay. And now I think, I think he actually wound up buying one. It's, you know, it's not huge. You've seen it, right? Yeah. No, I, I always say like, why buy the press when you can get the cider for free? But Apparently that doesn't apply here. No. Brandon loves to make cider. And so in the fall, he often has like a little cider party where he has people over onto his front porch and front yard. And everybody takes turns like cranking the old cider press. I have been to uh, this party and it it was really fun. Not this year, obviously. It was really fun. And it's a lot of cranking the cider press. It was a lot more work than I expected. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of mess, right? Because there's like all the detritus that comes out of the cider press. But anyway, it's really cool. He works with with local local farms to get some big, you know, cases of apples, all different types. And so the cider is delicious. It's yeah, made, it's you know, really good. It's so good. Really tangy. Sometimes, did you ever have any, like, kind of pink cider he made from, yes. like, pink-fleshed apples? Uh-huh. Anyway, so that is my memory lane, which, which runs right up onto my current lane. What's mm-hmm. the present yeah, tense of memory lane? lane? That's anyway. a good question. Like, like the I think it's the moment because like you either like live your life on memory lane or you live in the moment. Yes, yes. The, the moment drive. Okay. When uh, I was a kid, there was a time when I was obsessed with collecting a list of like all of the possible types of streets that could be appended to your street name, like you know, Circle or Crescent or Lane or Alley. And uh, what about Course? course that's a good one there are so many like i remember at one point i realized oh wait like i thought this was going to be a collection of like six or seven things but there are like a hundred wait did you really keep this list or are you just exaggerating i think i really kept a list does that i mean does it surprise you that i'm the kind of kid who would have kept a list of, of street designations no it doesn't surprise me but you are you're full of contradictions 
<laughs> what? Well, like, you know, I, like you're both, you both have like a lot of really um, like nerdy traits and a lot of mm-hmm. surprising traits. But like, also I'm really ripped. And you're super ripped. <laughs> extremely strong. You definitely didn't get injured during the pandemic doing yoga in your living room. <laughs> That's right. That uh, that has been erased from memory lane. Anyway. So, sorry, what's the contradiction? Oh, but like you're also like, well, like I only learned on our early 2020 episode uh, when we went back to your college that you had wanted to be a rock star basically that's true that this was your life and and that you actually like really kind of pursued it not not with not with enough fervor to to make even a fraction of it happen but yeah yeah anyway okay can i talk about soft cider or like yes please do you know un un alcoholic non-alcoholic cider so this distinction it seems it is mostly used in Canada and the U.S. The name soft cider, sweet cider, or cider uh, being used to refer to just fresh, unfiltered, unsweetened apple juice, basically. Right. In other parts of the world, most of the time, the term cider just refers to the hard stuff. Soft cider, as you mentioned uh, on Memory Lane, is usually opaque, kind of cloudy from all the apple particles that are in suspension. Yeah, which which really does make it seem special, doesn't it? It really makes it special. It has such a different body, really, um, from like commercial, you know, sort of um, bright, yellow, like straw-colored apple juice. Anyway, and it's usually tangier than commercial apple juice. And I don't know if that has to do with the fact that it's usually raw and so the, the flavor is maybe more vibrant or if it has to do with the fact that fresh cider is often made with, it's often made with a blend of apples. Yeah, I think it's the apple varieties that it's okay. coming from. Okay. So this was an interesting moment, Matthew, in my research. Wikipedia says that Cider, like again, I'm talking about the non-alcoholic version, is you know not it's liquid extracted from an apple, but then it's boiled to a certain concentration. That That's, doesn't seem right. That doesn't seem right to me. Uh, anyway, so it is my understanding that that most of the time when we talk about like seasonal cider, we're talking about a raw product. And only pasteurized ciders that you might find, you know, in the grocery store, for instance, are actually boiled, I think. Well, they're probably not even boiled. They're probably, like, you know, heated to pasteurization temperatures. Which is which is what? Well, I mean, pasteurization is, is a low-temperature sterilizing technique. Oh, is um, it low temp? I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, because like like um, you know you you can a lot of things you, you you know you can boil something to to kill all the bacteria, but uh, that's going to usually change the flavor and or texture in in ways that are undesirable. So mm. pastor, pasteurization is usually like you know taking something up to like one hundred and fifty eight degrees for a certain amount of time, so that so that you don't affect the the nature of the product as much as if you boiled it. This makes sense. Okay, wow, uh, science lesson. Thanks, Matthew. Sure thing. I mean, but then there's also like like high temperature, short time heat treating, mm-hmm. which is probably still technically pasteurization. I don't know. Is that like UHT? Yeah. 
treatment. Okay. Uh, anyway, so, you know, so, uh, apples tend to grow like, you know, starting in August or so and going through the fall. So fresh cider tends to be a seasonal thing that's only in the fall, of course, and is typically served, at least by some people, at a lot of the fall and winter holidays. So mm-hmm. who knows? Maybe you and your family, you listener, are going to have some mulled cider today. Maybe you're going to mull that cider. Mull it over. We did a mulled wine episode, didn't we? We did. We did. Yeah. Um, I. And what was that exactly? Oh, well, so Matthew, do you remember how much we enjoyed it? I do, but I also it, it's like it's like warm red wine with spices. Is that it? Yes, but I think a lot of mulled cider is really people often use like a really big wine. Like people often use a like kind of an inexpensive like red table wine for mulled wine for mulled wine yeah. that it tends to be a little higher in alcohol, sort of bigger body. That when you and I recorded it. Uh, recorded that episode, I did some research and wound up making a cider recipe that used like a Beaujolais. Um, but this was still wine, right? It was still wine. Okay. Yep. But it did have some apple cider in it. And it was oh, so okay. good. It was so good. Do you oh, remember how interesting. Good it was? Okay. Oh my God, it was so good. I made it again uh, last winter. I think we maybe recorded that episode two years ago. And I made it again last winter. And it was every bit as good. Sadly, I haven't made it this winter because I've started having... I don't know if I even believe in the science of this or not. But every time I drink red wine, mm-hmm. like even like just a glass, I wake up the next morning with a headache. Yeah. This has just started like in the last couple months. And it's very frustrating to me. That does sound frustrating. I don't like it. Anyway. All right. So, Matthew. But like, have you experimented with, with whether mulling like... Uh, <laughs> Prevents the headache. I, I haven't. I'm not sure that I want to. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know if I want And like, it's like a really persistent headache. It's not terrible. Yeah, that but sounds it terrible. lingers like all day. Listeners, I've done some research into what this could be. Uh, I think there are a couple different explanations, but some of them I think are kind of bogus. So, so, you're, so you're requesting medical opinions from I'm, our listeners. I'm requesting medical opinions from our listeners. <laughs> okay, great. Why don't you answer that on the Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk. And to be clear, um, most of the time, the red wines that I buy are either French or Italian, and I tend to like lighter grapes. Okay. So I don't know if that helps give you more information. That's interesting. Okay. Okay. So anyway, Matthew, hold on. We're, we're slowly building up to hard cider, okay? Yes, yes. I'm excited. Okay, okay. So historically, all cider, you know, was left in its natural state, like unprocessed. And in time, airborne yeasts or yeasts that were on the apple skins or the cider press would naturally start fermentation in the cider. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, alcohol would develop. This was a good thing because it would stop the growth of bad bacteria. And anyway, when modern refrigeration came about, um, then then people could like avoid the fermentation if they didn't want it by keeping their cider in the refrigerator. However, as Brandon has discovered in making cider, it's eventually over time, even cider that's refrigerated will begin to develop alcohol. Oh, sure. Yeah, it slows the process down, but it doesn't stop it. Right. So anyway, um, but, you know, as with many products, if you interrupt the refrigeration in any way, like bad bacteria can grow and... So there have been outbreaks of injury. Of injury? <laughs> oh, dear. Injury. Well, I mean, I'm sure you could injure yourself with a cider press pretty badly. Yeah. Like, 
if your head got stuck in it or something. Anyway, but now uh, at least the U.S. government requires that all commercial cider be heat or radiation treated. Sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, raw cider is this special thing, and and it's really cool, and it's great. It's it's really cool because uh, that it, uh, slows the uh, fermentation process. And now Matthew is going to talk about. What happens once it's become alcoholic? Oh, that's me. Okay. Uh, So hard cider. What is it and where does it come from? Well, hard cider is uh, fermented apple cider, but only sort of. What I mean is really good hard cider. Well, let me back up a minute. As as you know, we we strive not to be snobby on this show. Even uh, though we talk about Dungeness Crab. All even though <laughs> even though Molly gets a bag full of freshly steamed Dungeness crab delivered to her every single day. Um, <laughs> even though Matthew orders cassoulet kits from D'Artagnan. Even though I ordered a cassoulet. It was for my birthday. I might order another one not for my birthday. Okay. But... <laughs> Yes, even though we're th- we are those kinds of people, you know, we we love Cool Ranch Doritos and we love Snickers ice cream bars. We we don't complain that the Cool Ranch Doritos aren't made with artisan, you know, uh, like heirloom corn varieties, or you know that the Snickers ice cream bar doesn't have seventy percent chocolate. However, I am only speaking for myself now. I think the mass market like six pack ciders are very bad mm. and real hard cider is one of the most delicious things you can put in your mouth um, and is well, it has like grown exponentially in popularity in the last 10 or 15 years is still less popular than I think it should be. And what makes something a real hard cider is that it is made with cider apples okay. and I didn't know cider apples existed until I wrote an article about this maybe 10 or 12 years ago. Okay. Um, Cider apples are really just the apple equivalent of wine grapes. So if you want to snack on a grape, you are not going to snack on a bunch of Cabernet Sauvignon grapes or or your mom's favorite crackling cold Sauvignon Blanc grapes <laughs> because they're going to be, I mean, if they're red grapes, they're going to be tannic. So they're going to you know make your mouth feel all like uh, dry and tingly and they're going to be sour, right? And those those are things that, you know, that help make a good wine. You know, they they give it like a complex flavor. They help preserve it. But they are the opposite of what you're looking for in a in a snacking grape. Right. Mm -hmm. The same Mm -hmm. is true of cider apples. So cider apples are always high in tannins. And uh, that's called bitter in the world of apples and usually high in acid. So there are two two classic types of cider apples. And this is this is kind of from the British cider making tradition. But like generally speaking, in the world of hard cider, there are bitter sharp apples, which are tannic and sour. And there are bitter sweet apples, which are tannic and not sour. And there are a bunch of varieties. And because this is the world of apples, I'm going to name off some cider apple varieties. I did not make a quiz. Here are some popular cider apple varieties. Kingston Black, Yarlington Mill, Brown Snout, Chisel Jersey. Oh, Chisel Jersey. Isn't that great? Oh, my God. That seems like it should be, um, I don't know, the name of a race car driver or something. It does, yes. Right? Well, or or it's like like it's what you get after you win. Johnny Patutes won the won the <laughs> won the Arizona five hundred and uh and now he's wearing the chisel jersey. <laughs> <laughs> what does a brown snout seem like it would be? 
Um, I, um, it seems like, I mean, it sounds like brown nosing, right? Yeah. I mean, it also kind of seems like what you would call a pig that's been wallowing in slop. Yes. Like, oh God, I got a, I got a whole corral full of brown snouts. I got, yeah. I, what am I going to do about <laughs> these brown snouts? I mean, <laughs> they, they seem to be engaging in completely normal pig behavior. <laughs> But for some reason, I, the pig farmer, am concerned. <laughs> okay. 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 So so wait a minute. So this is really interesting to me, Matthew. I didn't know any of this because, you know, really, as I just explained, my only cider making experience is, is watching Brandon make cider and his cider press. And yeah, I mean, here in Washington State, we, like ordinary people, are able to get a pretty wide variety of apples, but certainly not these like cider. Cider apples. No. Um, and you, I mean, they don't sell them at the store because no one would buy them. Right. You wouldn't um, want to eat Unless you are actually making cider at home. Yeah. And if you took the, the delicious fresh pressed cider that, uh, that Brandon makes and fermented it, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be the equivalent of, of, you know, wine made with Concord grapes. Okay. It, uh, it wouldn't, you know, it, that's, that's stuff that you want to drink fresh. But, you know, fermenting it is not really going to improve it. It's going to improve its keeping qualities, but it's not going to be something you're super excited to drink. Whereas ciders made with cider apple varieties are like, you know, have an incredible range of flavors. Some of which comes from the apples and some comes from the yeast that's used to ferment them. Well, this is interesting because, it, yeah, you know, I have only had a, a pretty limited amount of hard cider because I have not really differentiated in my mind between the mass market stuff and then the stuff that I don't know that you might find uh, on a restaurant menu that comes in like a wine size bottle. You know what I mean? Right. It is amazing the degree to which like nice apple cider in quotes really tastes nothing like uh, raw unfiltered apple juice like it it, yeah i'm not even sure if i would always know that it's made with apples yes i think that's true because especially if it's if it's dry so um when it's when apple cider is not sweet like a lot of what what we think of as apple flavor is coming from the from the sugar okay so you get just like a totally different flavor profile that is delicious in its own way This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, 
Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. So for some reason, even though like, like, uh, you know, you can ship bottles of cider wherever you want. And like, you know, there's, there's, uh, artisan beers, uh, are, are available nationally. Like good hard cider is mostly still local and regional. And so like there, there, there are some exceptions like the, uh, Etienne Dupont is a very good French hard cider that mm-hmm. is pretty widely available. Nice and made- cloudy. Is it made in the north of France? Like, I believe in, it is, yeah. Would it be Normandy? Is Normandy? I think like that's right. Crepes and cider? Yeah, because it's, it's the Etienne Dupont Bru Normande. Ah, okay. Yeah. This makes a lot of sense or to Normand. me. Or Normand, yeah. Okay. Um, and so that, that one's good. The, the English mass market brand Aspal is pretty good, even though it's probably not made with cider apples. Okay. Um, but so here in the Northwest, some of my favorites are Irvine's Vintage Blend, uh, Finn River, Westcott Bay, Wandering Angus, and Seattle Cider Company Dry, which again, like, you know, if you if you really like make it with care, you can make a very tasty cider from uh, from dessert apples, table apples. It's not it's not going to have the complexity of a of a true cider made with cider apples, but it can be a lot better than like the what are the what are the uh like Mike's Hard Cider? Yeah, um, uh, Angry Orchard, that sort of thing, which are made with, you know, apple juice concentrate and sugar. And stuff. Oh, okay. Well, that, God, okay, this is this is a strangely informative episode, Matt. I know. I was, I was afraid of that. Okay, so what are your favorites? I mean, like, do you keep cider around the house, like, the way that I keep, like, a bottle of wine in the fridge? I mean, not time? really, because I don't drink very much. But like, you know, I will I will have a drink like once a week, maybe once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so I just don't keep a lot of perishable alcoholic. Bear- I mean, I guess it's not perishable if it's in the fridge in the bottle. But like sometimes sometimes wife of the show, Lori, will, will bring home a nice bottle of cider. She got a bottle of uh, Finn River from the co-op recently that was delicious. Mm. Um, like it's something that'll, that will come into the house occasionally and get consumed pretty quickly. And do you It'll just wander in of its own accord, which is why they call it Wandering Angus brand. <laughs> Most of the ciders that you like, do they come like in a bottle? Do some of them come in cans? The Seattle Cider Company comes in cans. All the other one, ones I mentioned come in bottles, although they're not all like wine bottle sized bottles. Some of them are smaller than that. And you mm-hmm. could like drink it yourself or, or share it with a friend or a loved one. And they and they come in a, a range of uh, of sweetness levels. Okay. Um, so, like, I prefer a drier cider, um, but uh, you know, unlike unlike good quality wine, like there are very good ciders ranging anywhere from bone dry to pretty sweet. Not that there aren't good sweet wines, but like for for you know table drinking. I know this is something I would know if I had ever shopped for cider, but does it say on the label like dry, extra dry, or that yes? Kind of there's thing? no there's no standard for this. Okay, so like they can I think they can put on whatever they want, uh, and so like the same they'll different brands will use mm. different terms, and they'll vary in like what level of sweetness they mean from brand to brand. But like you'll you'll be able to tell first of all they will they will indicate somewhere like the sweetness level in some way, and you'll be able to tell that you're looking at at real cider because either they will like brag about what kind of uh, of cider apple varieties they're using and they'll be like cool apple names you've never heard of. Uh, it'll cost like 10 or $12. Uh, that's, that's a big indicator, that sort of thing. Wow. Okay. This is super helpful and informative. I love this. Wow. Uh, yeah. And total if, if you're like new to the world of good hard cider, like, you know, just, just, Get get something that looks good. Get the Etienne Dupont if you if you see it. 
in the in the wine section at your supermarket probably it'll be refrigerated will that be in a big bottle or in sort of that'll a- be that'll be in a big bottle you'll like it okay you know we haven't talked at all about pear cider but that's true perry perry that's that's what that's what it's called in england perry oh really oh yeah um, I remember a few years ago, back when we used to eat in restaurants, mm-hmm. um, I remember occasionally encountering, like if we were out at like a nice dinner, I remember occasionally encountering um, the name Eric Bordelais. Um, yes. Oh, French those are Paris- great. God, that stuff is incredible. Um, yeah, Eric Bordelais pear cider. If you ever see that on a menu, order it. It is, oh, it's spectacular. Yeah, I know very little about pear ciders. I don't know if there are like special pear varieties for that or what. But yeah, the Eric Bordelais is great. Awesome. Oh, this is fun. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, the other thing that uh, that I, I looked back at the at the column that I wrote about uh, cider, which is kind of still online, like the website that I wrote it for went out of business, but they republished all of their old stuff in like like a very busticated form. Uh, Bus- so we'll tr- busticated? Try- <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> like like the HTML is all messed up and it's hard to read. Wait, is busticated related to the word like busted? Yeah. <laughs> it, no, it's not. Think, Are you messing yes, with yes, me? Yes, I think busticated is a thing people I I, I want to say where what what community would the word busticated have come come from? Like I feel like it, it it's from the 90s and this is this is uh, we're going to have to get a lexicographer on the case here as as we so often do. Oh, okay, great. Um, this is one of our new segments. It's uh, it's a word. Uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> what are we, we going to call this word segment? It's word salad. Word salad with spilled milk. Okay. Any other words we want to talk about? No, we can only do one word per week. We, oh, we have limited okay. time. Busticated. Busticated. All right, everybody, you're welcome. Um, I mean, it sounds like something like like uh, uh, like stoners would say, or like you know, it, it's 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 uh, it's a youth culture uh, gift to humanity. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Like great. most new words, I guess. Okay. Would you like to do our, our uh, inaugural listener mail segment? Yes. Does Abby have a special, uh, a special <laughs> little piece of music to play for this segment? Take it away, Abby. So a few weeks back, we said we should start doing listener mail. Uh, you know, send us, send us an email with a question at contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com, and uh, maybe we'll read it and answer it on the show. Then we completely forgot that we'd asked for that for several weeks. <laughs> but today, we are listening... Uh, whoops. Today we're listening <laughs> no, to you. No, you're listening. We're talking. Today we are uh, going to read one piece of listener mail and we're going to respond to the question. We're going to show you yours. <laughs> okay. Uh, this, this question comes from listener Sarah. Sarah says, I'm a longtime listener and would love to know a little bit about your daily routines. What are your morning routines? What do you eat for breakfast? How do you set up your work life while dealing with caregiving responsibilities? <sighs> Oh, this yes. is a great question. This is a great question. Okay, can I can I go can I Please go first? Do. Let's start with just kind of let's just talk about like morning routines and breakfast a little yeah, bit. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So my week looks dramatically different depending on whether it's the half of the week that our daughter is is at our house or the half of the week that she's not. When she's not with us, I sleep in a little bit till yeah. like eight o'clock. It's pretty awesome. When she is with us, I get up at like seven and I don't like to get dressed until I have like made coffee and sort of started things yeah. like 
Like I, I have a bathrobe. I put on my bathrobe. I go. I make coffee. I usually make just one cup of pour over coffee. I like black coffee. And and then I usually have the my own homemade granola, either with like plain yogurt or with whole milk. And I hate I hate like bathing. I, I hate it. I find bathing to be very time consuming and I really enjoy it once I have bathed and once I am actually like maybe even just in the shower. But I just I anyway, so I really need my coffee to get me going so that I can tolerate the process of preparing myself for the day. I think I think I know what you mean. Although, I mean, you liked bathing when we were when we were in Japan, right? No, I mean, I always love it once I'm in the middle of yeah, it. Like, okay. I get into the shower and I'm like, oh my god, this is the best. Why don't I do this 24 hours a day? But somehow, like the I mean, before and after is so much work. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And like, I feel I feel guilty about feeling that way kind of just like mm. like why can't i enjoy this like moment when i'm like not plugged in so yeah i i my routine is fairly similar except that i don't have your granola um, and you don't have coffee and i don't have coffee i, I wake up at 6 30 pretty much every day you're a very early riser Our i'm listeners a, I'm a morning person I'm, I'm up with the up with the birds getting those worms um, I, I ate a couple of worms. Uh, I make I make a pot of green tea, uh, sencha tea from Japan. Uh, I do that every morning. I do that before I get dressed almost always. Uh, because yeah, it's this, it's the same thing. Like I I I feel like the the process of and like you know I don't have like like a lot of ablutions or uh, or like a skincare regimen that's taking a lot of time. You know, probably the whole like like showering and getting dressed process takes like. 11 minutes and yet it seems like it's gonna it's gonna take such a huge chunk out of my day that i have to psych myself up for it i will usually have breakfast well actually okay lately my breakfast routine and this is so embarrassing is i will have a chobani flip yogurt with my tea my favorite flavor is chocolate haze craze which is chocolate yogurt with a little thing full of toasted hazelnuts that you tip in okay and then then I'll have like a second breakfast later, like after I'm after I'm dressed, which this morning I made a quesadilla with homemade pico de gallo. I love it when there's leftovers for breakfast, like if there's leftover pizza for breakfast. That's ideal. But I don't other than the yogurt, which I have most days, I don't have like a standard breakfast. OK, this is so interesting to me. I never think of having a savory breakfast. It, like, I love never a savory breakfast. And then um, I start. I usually start work at seven thirty uh, on days days that I'm working my office job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're usually up and and very productive by the time I even check my my texts for the first time. Yeah, I'm working on a on a book of uh, folksy aphorisms about <laughs> about the value of uh, getting a, an early and fresh start. Ah, uh, nobody's ever written about that before. It's called. It's going to be called Eat Three Worms. Great. Wait, Matthew. You know, I find it really interesting that you and I actually, I had no idea that we had such similar struggles with the amount of of time that it takes to get ready. Like, because I'm just like you. I mean, I really, so I should also say I don't shower every day. I have really thick hair and it it really doesn't need to be washed more than a couple times a week. And I maybe shower every other day. So all told, it's like I'm washing my face, I'm putting on some lotion, and I put on blush, and I take my medication, and that is all I have to do. And yet, it feels like too much. 
Yeah, and I think I think like you know in in pandemic times I've been I've been feeling more like like pressure to be productive mm. um and like feeling like if i'm if i'm doing something unproductive like showering or reading a book then that it seems like you know i i'm not contributing anything or bettering myself uh oh, which is not so not a good way to feel interesting uh, and yeah. I think I think I'm I think I'm like getting better at uh, navigating that, but it's tough. Yeah, yeah, that is tough. So, okay, let's take this second question. Yeah. How do you set up your work life while dealing with caregiving responsibilities? Yeah, I I don't really have to deal with that anymore because my kid is seventeen, almost seventeen by the time you hear this, and like really takes care of themselves. So. But you you used to be like a stay at home dad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Things were my life was pretty different then mm-hmm. because yeah, you were writing I, you a know, lot. This this was my main job. Well, yeah, and I was writing a lot, and like so, I I don't really. It's it's hard for me to look back and 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 figure out like how I did things back then because I've l- forgotten a lot of stuff, and also it's just like when you like go back and like look at a book you wrote, like how did I do that? I don't even I, can I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, I don't know how I would be getting any work done right now if I were not in a co-parenting situation, a fifty-fifty oh, co-parenting yeah. situation, because my daughter has not been in school in person since last March. Yeah, so the days that we don't have her, we never. She's never with us Monday, Tuesday. She's never with us Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. And then every other Wednesday, she's with us. So you better believe the the days that we don't have her, Monday and Tuesday, every Monday and Tuesday are like marathon work days. And do you, um, do you feel like pressure to get as much out of those days as possible? Oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, those days, I mean, I, I, I really, I struggle to do any like domestic work that I would otherwise be doing sure. on those days because I am trying to consolidate all of my income generating work onto yeah. those days. And it's very satisfying, but it's also, you know, like I have to do things very intentionally, like, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people do, like choosing a water glass that I know is going to run out every so often. So I force myself to stand up and leave the computer. <laughs> yeah. You know, I started a couple months ago using a break timer on my computer, which has been wonderful. Oh, that's cool. Uh, like I didn't I didn't know if I would really like abide by it, but like I've made I've made myself like just get up when the break timer tells me to get up and like I have to take five minutes off and I usually will do dishes and it's like made me feel better about work and better about dishes. Oh, that's great. Because, yeah, the dishes, uh, our dishes pile up big time on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. And then so then when June comes to us, so that's either on Wednesday or Thursday, you know, honestly, uh, online school goes best if one of us is like sitting at the table with her. Yeah, of course. So that is usually me on uh, on Thursday and sometimes on Wednesday. And and then Ash and I are able to trade off a bit more on Fridays uh, and then, of course, on Saturdays. But I, I honestly I do not know for all the downsides of uh, only getting to spend 50 percent of my child's childhood with her. I cannot imagine how I would be doing anything that makes me feel remotely like myself if I had a child full time right now. Oh, yeah, I totally hear you. So, yeah, my my work life is totally dependent upon the fact that I I get two solid days a week with no child. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, do you play Animal Crossing while while June is gone? I don't because the the switch goes back and forth with her. It goes yeah. back and forth with her. Matthew, oh my God, hold on. We we don't have time for a full on Animal Crossing segment, but she has set up like a camping area with an oh. awesome bonfire. It's been snowing on Animal Crossing. I can't wait to go camping. She's like got a, a sleeping bag laid out under the trees. It, it it's wonderful. That sounds that sounds lovely. Mm-hmm. A, a listener wrote in. Speaking of which, if you uh, if you would like to possibly have your question featured on Spilled Milk, thank you, listener Sarah. Send us an email contact at spilledmilkpodcast.com, and uh, I will I will read all of them and pick one. Awesome. So a, a listener wrote to let to let us know know that uh, if you miss something important in Animal Crossing, such as a turkey cooking, um, <laughs> you can like set the time on your switch back like set the time and date like to a previous time and go back in time and experience it and i'm like there's no way molly's gonna do that yeah i i i don't think i feel confident enough about my ability to navigate things on the switch but and then and then i was thinking like even if you went back like you still you'd be going back to a time when your when your resident services center wasn't sufficiently upgraded to attract a turkey so i don't see how it would help Okay, we do we do have to get in uh, everybody's favorite segment, and especially producer Abby's favorite segment, uh, Cute Animals You Need to Know. Oh, Abby, okay. play that theme song. Okay, a cute, the cute animal that you need to know this week is the pygmy marmoset. Oh, which God, is, I'm looking it up right now. Pygmy. It's the world's smallest monkey. Uh, they weigh less than an apple, according to the video that I watched from a zoo in Sydney, Australia, of a pygmy marmoset <gasps> eating a eating a single grape. Oh my God! I see, I see this one. It's clinging to someone's index finger. Yes, they're so small. Oh you could, my! God. You could have like two dozen of them in your house and then not even know it. <laughs> wow! <laughs> no, I think you'd know. Okay. Uh, wow! This sounds so. Fun. Yeah, I think they actually have some at the at the Seattle Zoo. The what's the Seattle Zoo? Woodland Park Zoo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow, Matthew. Thanks so much. So uh, thanks the, for the proliferation of segments on the show is, <laughs> is like kind of the the best thing that's happened to me in 2020. It's really like a, a very benevolent metastasis. <laughs> 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 yep. That's that's what it is. Yep. Okay. All right. So uh, you can find us online at spilledbugpodcast.com. Uh, you know, you can uh, chat with other listeners on uh, or, you know, talk, message, discuss with other oh, listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash everything spilled milk, our unofficial uh, Reddit site. Our producer is Abby Circatella. She does all the theme music for our many segments. Uh, and until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. The show where... Next week, it's going to be New Year's <laughs> Eve. But I guess if I have a joke related to that, I should save it for next week. So ah! never mind. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, have a good time sitting under the tree by yourself, Matthew. You, you too. And if uh, and if you need anything, <laughs> you just text my mom. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Molly Weisenberg. <laughs> and I'm Matthew Amster Burton. Hold on. Someone is knocking. No, I think it's a crow on the roof. Okay. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 